Hey humans, welcome to Palin' Around, the official Your Kiki Gal Pal podcast. Here, we'll be focusing on video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they all interact through the internet. My name is Caitlin, I use she, her, or they, them pronouns, and with me, I have Sam. Hello, hello, I'm Sam. I use she, her, and I'm very excited to be here. Hell yeah. And I'm also joined by Jessica Cogswell. I gotta say the whole name, because it's new and shiny. <laughs> Ooh, new and shiny. Uh, yeah, my name is Jessica, and uh, I, ca- I can't talk. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Jessica. <laughs> uh just keep it all in just let them know how i am right <laughs> off the fucking bat uh hi my name is jessica and why can't i say my own name I'm <laughs> okay hi my name is jessica uh i also use she her pronouns and i am just so excited to be here <laughs> hell yeah you did it yeah. i'm so proud i did it you guys <laughs> i did it i can say my name <laughs> That's not even the fucking one that changed. It's not like I'm getting used to it. I've had it for 25 years. Yeah, no, that is your first name. Yeah. That is the one that you were born with. As far as I know, you have not legally changed. So No. Well. um, So, yeah, so this is the first episode. So who knows how the fuck that's going to go. Because pilots are weird. We're having a good time. The first episode is always known as being the best one. It's usually yes, very indicative of everywhere the show will go. <laughs> so I'm very, very excited to see where this goes today. <laughs> so I guess before we get into our very weighty topic of the show, um, do we want to kind of, I don't know, talk about like what we want this to be and give folks like a, like a taste of what's to come or are we just going to hop right in there? I think we should give them a little taste, you know. You don't, you don't get the ice cream without getting the little spoon with the flavor on it, you know. <laughs> the little spoon with the, the flavor. Little spoon. On it. You're like, hey, I want to try your coffee ice cream because sometimes coffee ice cream can be gross and sometimes it can be the best thing in your life. So you just gotta, you gotta get the little spoon. I want to know where you spoon. go to. They don't do that here. They'll like look at you like, no, you're not getting a fucking oh, sample. Really? Yeah, <laughs> oof, I fucking wish. Oh, no, they, like, encourage it at a lot of places I've seen. Oh, my gosh. I gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Caitlin, you're the one who came to us, you know, obviously your geeky gal pal is your baby. That is, that's your brand. That's your project. Um, And you're the one who came to us to kind of work on this, so... Uh, and, and you really are the one who had this vision and this really great idea. And we jumped on board and we're like, yes, you're going to let us do this. I'm so into it. So, like, do you want to kind of talk about what you envisioned? Uh, probably. That seems like a good thing I should do. <laughs> I feel like if I set it up like an interview question, it makes it easier than just being like, I'm the host. Now I'm going to talk. So. It's I know yeah. that's how it is with with uh I don't know I guess kiss kiss game game I was a ho- co-host but it's always weird talking about your own shit <laughs> so yeah you're right you're right okay so so palin around I originally had the idea for the name of the podcast when I first started your geeky gal pal over a year ago because I love to put the cart in front of the horse 
Um, and I was like, you know, that'd be a really fucking good name for a podcast that I don't have. <laughs> um, and then, I don't know. So I listened to Fave This on Kotaku, which was a podcast where Patricia Hernandez and Gita Jackson talk about, like, the internet and fandom and pop culture and stuff. And it was really good and it was really interesting and it did like deep dives into that kind of stuff on like a topic based level. And it wasn't like, hey, gamers, here's the news. And like, because, you know, there's nothing wrong with those kinds of shows. Like, shout out to all our friends who do those kinds of shows. (laughs) (laughs) But what's up, everybody? (laughs) I had to. I'm sorry. I love this. I love this. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love our friends. (laughs) No, 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 no. I love all of them. I'm just teasing. Okay, don't even listen to me. I'm stupid. Just give me an hour of like shit talking. It's gonna be great. (laughs) (laughs) I started it, so it's fine. Shout out to OK Beast and Rational Passions. We love you. (laughs) We Um, really okay, but we genuinely, actually, really do. Okay, yes, we really do. (laughs) Um, but. Like, I, but that's the thing, right? Is like, I don't think that your geeky gal pal is like that kind of outlet. Like, I'm not out here, like, doing previews of pack shit or like, you know, that's not what I do. And so I didn't think it was appropriate to have a show that tried to do that. But I think this kind of thing of like getting really critical in like a media analysis way, not in a, like this thing fucking sucks kind of way is more on brand with what I do. And so I thought it would be a cooler way to kind of get into those kind of topics and stuff. And then obviously my two favorite BBs (laughs) were the ones that I wanted to be on with me. And you both said yes. So here we are making a show. I'm saying right now, I just want that little three-second audio clip of you saying critical, not in a shitting all over it kind of way, and then I want to go to the end of this podcast and see what's happening. (laughs) I feel like we're going to get progressively more louder and angry, and it's just going to be like, wow, we were so soft-spoken, and now we're just like angry balls going Mm -hmm. to sleep. Oh, yeah. I guess that's the other thing I kind of want to put out at the forefront this podcast has politics, and if you're not down, like, this is not the show for you, probably. Everything has politics, and if you're not down, you're fucking stupid. Ooh. Saucy. Boom. that too. I'm kidding. That was really <laughs> aggressive. Um, <laughs> it's staying in. I'm keeping it. Okay, okay. I was say it was very aggressive, but also I really stand by that. Uh, I actually just unfollowed somebody on Twitter because they said politics were stupid, and I was like, no, you are. Ooh. <laughs> yeah no but this i mean like yeah everything is political obviously but this show is definitely like leaning towards like hey people are people and like labor rights are cool and good and like that kind of thing it's a leftist show i'm just gonna i'm gonna speak for the group when i say that because i feel like we're all on that same page oh yeah what's so crazy is it's like such an incredibly disappointing thing to me that saying that I think people are people and that people shouldn't be abused uh, at their places of work or in any other regard is a leftist thing. That should just be like a normal, cool thing. But yes, I would say that we're leftists because we respect human lives. Um, Yeah. That was also, I'm really aggressive, man. (laughs) It's hard to be a decent human being. (laughs) I'm going to probably say eat the rich a lot on here. (laughs) I'm going to dunk on Elon Musk probably a lot. Oh, yeah. I don't even know how it's related yet, but I know it's going to happen. We have to. He's ugly. So here we are. (laughs) We have to.
I think just like I have I'm taking two history classes this semester and on top of that just I keep up with the news as much as I can without wanting to crawl under some rock uh and so I don't really have an outlet for all this aggression that I feel uh towards all of this right now it's like we just covered uh Native American and women's rights in one of my classes and oh I'm just like really like Yeah, I'm ready to talk, you know? And this show's going to be good for that. Ooh, nice. A little vent session. Yeah. That's why I said this is a tea show. It's why I have tea. Even if it's Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a giant tea. God, Monty just fucking killed me without Elon Musk saying I was just out of commission for a minute there. Oh, I didn't even hear it. What did you say? Oh, I I said we have to crack on him because he's just ugly. <laughs> it was just like the way she said that. it. She was like so matter of fact. Where it was just, I was just like, you know, like I'm gonna dunk on Elon Musk, and Monty just like very matter of factly, like straight faced, just completely straight faced, just said, "We gotta, he's ugly." Oh my god, I didn't even hear that. I heard we gotta dunk on Elon Musk, and then like my brain started moving, and I zoned out for a half a second, and apparently I missed the greatest comment made. So <laughs> Uh, it was so good. So welcome <laughs> to Palette Around. This is the show. If you're still here, buckle up because we're about to do some shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how are we going to get started? Uh, have y'all heard of a little game called Red Dead Redemption 2 by chance? <laughs> <laughs> so Never. That game was actually one of, well, the first one anyway, was one of the few games that have made me cry. Um, It also was a game that I played with my little brother when we had, like, PS3 when I still lived with my mom. So I was, I was very excited (laughs) for this game to come out. But then a couple weeks ago, I saw a lot of stuff online. But yeah, that's, that's how I know the game, is from, like, playing the first one and then being really excited but now it's just like mm, I don't know if I'm excited about this game anymore yeah uh Jess did you have any did you care about this game before the current news cycle at all so I have not played Red Dead Redemption um my history with uh Rockstar pretty much stops with uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. <laughs> like, I really think that that's probably the last one I played. Oh, no, because San Andreas came out later, didn't it? Yeah. So San Andreas. San Andreas was the last one that I played. I think I played, like, maybe a little bit of The Bully, too. Um, but by and large, I just really don't like Rockstar games. I don't like the feel of them. I don't like kind of, like, the vulgarity of them. I don't know. It's it's just, it's not for me. It's not something that uh, has ever been for me and has never really, it's not a series or company that's ever made me really feel welcomed. So I just haven't, I've never really had any desire to play them. I get people who do, um, just not for me. So uh, with Red Dead Redemption, honestly, or two, um, not the first one, and honestly quite a few games uh, this year, it's like, my, my mentality was kind of cool for you. I'm not going to publicly go out here and like kind of shit all over them because I know you got, people like them, but like, I'm just really not interested. Mm. Oh, so what? You're not on the God of War sucks bandwagon with uh, Moises <laughs> and I, which is just us, I think. Yeah, no, I actually don't. I like God of War. That's actually mm. one game that I, uh, I mean, there are problems with it for Did sure. Did you finish it though? 
No, I haven't. Mm. I don't finish any games anymore. I'm a fake gamer girl, you guys. Well, everyone is allowed to like God of War. I just think that the ending makes everything not worth it. And also it was not fun throughout. Mm. But that's a different conversation for not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look out for that fucking hot take game of the year show, though. Uh, Oh my god, are we going to do one? Hell yeah, we are. <gasps> oh, I've always wanted to do a god, a god of the year. What? Oh. <laughs> like, that's controversial right there. <laughs> Who's going to win you know that? Who doesn't win God of... Not fucking Kratos. That's, no. He's not going to win that no, shit. No, he's definitely not God of the year. Uh, Trash. I would like to go with maybe like Poseidon. <laughs> nah, that dude sucks. Ooh, <laughs> fish daddy. <laughs> fish daddy. Um, okay, no, I, I've always wanted to do a game of the year show, so the fact that that's going to happen is uh, real cool. I'm excited Hell for that. yeah. But uh, yeah, Rockstar as a whole, um, they don't make games that I care about or, like I said, feel welcome to play, really. And I, maybe that sounds like a stupid thing for those of you who are like, well, what do you mean you don't feel welcome to play? But like, I'm sure we'll get around to it. I just don't. I feel like it's not really that hard to get <laughs> why. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of, like, I'll talk about my experience with Red Dead a little bit, but, like, I feel like that's a really good segue into what we're talking about, because it's more than just, like, ooh, Red Dead Redemption 2, because, like, again, this is, like, a critical podcast, but, like, I've never played Red Dead, the first one. I watched a friend play some of it, mostly Undead Nightmare, and, like, I just fucking hate Westerns, y'all, so, like, I don't give a shit about Red Dead or any Western ever. Don't at me. I don't like them. I think they're dumb. It's it's um, it's a solid take. I think Clint Eastwood definitely ruined westerns for everybody. <laughs> I just like, man, the best story I have in my entire life is I had just been ranting to my mother about how like every western is basically the same like three movies. <laughs> which like, yeah, like all media is the same stories, blah, 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 whatever. But they're like all formulaic nonsense. And I we were watching Jeopardy and the question was like, what's the name of this cantina in this obscure Western? And I was like, it's Rosa's. And my mom was like, how do you know that? You haven't seen that movie. And I was like, it's the fucking Western. And your girl was right. <laughs> oh so. my God. That's amazing. <laughs> that's so good. I've never been so aroused. <laughs> I'm leaving. At I'll your leave you knowledge. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, I think westerns are bad. I don't like the genre generally. So Red Dead does nothing for me. Um, but too, yeah, I've never been a big rock star person. Like I played most of um, L.A. Noir. I was like, what's that shitty detective oh, game? Yeah, yeah. Doubt the doubt me. That's <laughs> that's what I know it as. God, it's so bad. And like that's not even like core rock star. Like that's Team Bondi. Bondi. Yeah. I don't know how to fucking say it. Australia. Um, <laughs> that's Australia. I, that's just Australia generally. Um, but I have it. That's like the only one I've actually really played. I've played like bits and pieces of I think Grand Theft Auto Five, but like it's just not for me in that same way. And I think like I mean, if you grew up as a girl when those games were coming out, like I think what Jess is saying is pretty spot on. That like especially Grand Theft Auto, like, those were not games for women, not even in the sense of, like, ooh, video games are for boys, but in the sense that, like, they were coded for dudes because it was all about, like, killing women, basically. Like, and I don't know if they've gotten better. Like, maybe they have. It kind of seems like they haven't from what I've seen. But, like, 
I, re- I remember. Um, sorry, if you're conti- you can continue talking. No, I was just thinking go, something that kind of tied into that. Yeah, no, go. Go, no, I was, I was, I remember, um, like conversations in, I guess, probably middle school, um, like early middle, no, it might, oh my God, it might have even been late elementary school, which just goes to show you, um, like kind of how fucked up it is that like, and then I'm not saying like, I don't know, I'm not going to go into the whole debate about like games are bad and blah, 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 and teach you bad things. Cause I don't really believe that. And like, that's up to parents to like control what you're, but I just remember conversations, um, in, I guess, late elementary school and like hearing kids say oh the thing with grand theft auto is you can kill the or you can sleep with the prostitutes they'll take your money but just kill them when they get out of the car and you'll get your money back and like that's literally like a thing that was said by like you know people in fifth grade and i'm like cool game cool game (laughs) yeah as someone that has played through uh grand theft auto 5 i don't know if you guys have but um it hasn't really changed much from the past games i've gotten to the games because of my brother I wanted to like bond with him more and he really liked these games so I played through it and I would hear him online this was like when I was still in high school but when he would still be online and like I would hear his friends like talk and it's just like oh like what are you doing in the game right now it's just like oh killing bitches and I'm just like ooh, ooh, that's really yeah. weird hearing from like a 12 year old's mouth yeah. yeah and I mean I think and I think that's the thing about Rockstar kind of like I haven't played Bully, but, like, I know for a fact that Red Dead Redemption, the original one, has, like, one woman character who's, like, at all relevant. And even that's, like, kind of questionable. Mm -hmm. And, like, a literal talking point for Red Dead Redemption 2 is, oh, there are more women. And it's, like, on the one hand, it's video games. So, yeah, that's, like, a talking point because this is a trash medium. But also, like... If you go from one to, like, what, three? That's what I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess three. My question like, for those of you who played Red Dead Redemption, was the one woman in it a voice of, like, moral consciousness? Or was she the love interest? Or was she both? She was, she was like, basically both, yeah. Yeah, that's that seems about uh, yeah. right. That tracks. Yeah. And so, like, so that's kind of what we're talking about today is just, like, it's actually not specifically about Red Dead. It just kind of ties in because of all of the, like, crunch stuff that's been going on lately. But, like, just the toxicity and, like, super male-orientedness of video games from, like, all sides. Like, from the development side, from the consumer side, from the media side. Like, there's so much playing into it. And so, like, all of the stuff about Red Dead kind of got me thinking about it. And I think Rockstar, like, if you were going to talk about this, I think Rockstar is, like, a pretty good place to start because they're old as shit and they've been perpetrating, I almost said perpetrating, which is not the correct word, (laughs) Uh, perpetuating this shit for a really fucking long time. And, like, it doesn't seem like they're changing very much. And they seem kind of, like, weirdly ignorant of it as opposed to other companies who seem, like, pretty spitefully aware of it and, like, are leaning into it, which is interesting, but... That's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So I guess to start, we're going to, if you somehow have managed to not hear about it, I guess we can give a super quick rundown on the events of the past two weeks that have been surrounding Red Dead 2, which comes out on Friday, which is hopefully when this podcast comes out. We'll see. Fingers Um, crossed. I believe in you. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, So Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out. And last week, I believe, a 
person by the name of, let me look at the article again, because I know his name is Harold. I'm like 95% sure. Uh, go to the link. I don't want to give this man clicks, but oh yeah. So the person's name is Harold Goldberg, and this published on Vulture slash New York Magazine. And it's basically this, like, incredibly uncritical, like, glowing profile of um, Dan Hauser, I believe is his name, who's one mm-hmm. of the, like, rock star bigwigs or whatever. And, um, yeah, so this dude got dunked on a ton for, like, basically just taking all of Hauser's stuff at face value and not really, like, questioning any of it. But in the article, Hauser talked about how the team, like, worked 100 hours a week going into, like, the end of Red Dead 2. And, like, this dude just kind of, like, smiled and nodded through that without really, like, being like, um, I'm sorry, what? And so then a lot of people kind of caught on to that and were like, fucking what? And so then this is, you know, my very good, um, scientific analysis of what happened. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and so from that, like, then a lot of different outlets kind of were like, excuse me, what? And so then they sent a clarification to Kotaku basically saying like, oh, no, 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 no. Only the senior writing team worked that. And like the thing that was super shitty was he said something along the lines of like, no one at Rockstar is forced to work hard. And it's like that right there is a clear indication that there's an association of that studio between quote unquote working hard and working a ton of hours Mm -hmm. and like that not being examined or thought about at all and it even shows like because then yesterday Jason Schreier from Kotaku posted this like really huge I think it's like 10,000 words about the crunch the crunch culture at Rockstar and it's just like super super apparent that like there is a culture there of equating like hard work with tons of hours Mm -hmm. and like not being critical about that at all especially because some people were saying like yeah we went into the office with nothing to do just because we wanted them to think that we were working hard so we could get our bonus like yeah well and to kind of uh go on top of that too it's like another one of the articles because there's been there's been so many and honestly i don't remember i wish i should have been like keeping track of these sources um but there was another article where people were saying that if you didn't stick through to the end of the game um and you weren't one of those people like working at the very end and doing the crunch and 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 like Mm -hmm. seeing it through basically uh you don't even have your name put in the credits oh yeah that's the jason schreier oh it was okay jason Mm -hmm. i didn't remember if it was him or if it was something else but yeah that was in the jason schreier article then um which that's also pretty fucked up because i mean if you work on something you work on something and you should there should be credit where credits do um yeah well and they basically said like oh well we're changing the policy for red dead redemption 2 where people are gonna have their names still not in the credits but like on the website for the game or something and it's still bullshit and it's still like holding people hostage to a situation that's shitty Mm -hmm. um but i guess like i was having a hard time articulating this but the thing i kind of want to talk about more is the idea of like how video games and kind of tech generally on all sides is a super male dominated thing. Like it's a super male dominated industry and like who consumes it, who writes and makes media about it and who makes the games. Um, And just how like that kind of drives this culture of like entitlement, but also just like kind of killing yourself for stuff. And like this weird fetish fetishization 
of like tech and like expansiveness because they all feel really connected to me and I'm having a hard time voicing it well so I feel like kind of talking it out on here is a good way of getting those feelings sorted and also kind of like analyzing it in a way that I don't think a lot of places have really because I do genuinely feel like it's a gendered thing. Yeah so something that I can add on to it I can I can agree with like it being male dominated with like the expansive version of it um like let's say for instance a very short game a way out the prison break game that one was very fun I played it with friends very short and it was a really good story and I really wish more people would play it but it got so much shit for being such a short story and it being like what a $30 game for like people being exaggerating like what it's like two hours of gameplay which it is not so you have this 60 hour game that's coming out on Friday Red Dead 2 and everyone's super excited about it but I I'm really tired of like long games equal very good games and that's that's not the case you can make a short game and it can be very very good and I feel like everyone that's been complaining about it being a short game for a way out has been like guys on Twitter telling me like well it should have been longer they could have done this like where are my $30 going it's just like it's paying someone's fucking food like just shut up and just enjoy the game yeah, yeah, well, and especially because... Oh, Jess, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, it's this whole bigger is better mentality, and it's like, I I just don't know. I feel like bigger is better is always one of those things that's said in a way where, like, people know that it's really genuinely not, you know what I mean? And so it's like, so when did we get to this place where, like, we're actually genuinely believing that? Yeah, well, and I have to, like, because, so I put in our little planning doc, I put... uh. There's an article that Holly Green from Paste, who is like a questionable person for many reasons, but I thought that this article was good. Um, Or at least like, I don't even know that it's that good, but it's like pointing out like, hey, there's a lot going on with like why games are so big and long now. Because I mean, there is like an argument to be like, oh, well, for people who are more like, quote unquote, casuals who make or who only play like two games a year, they want more like bang for their buck or whatever. Um, and two, just, like, I get what people are saying is, like, oh, well, if I pay $60, I want to get the most of my money, but also, like, that's not who is on Twitter screaming at game devs, you know what I mean? Like, the people who are, the people who got Jessica Price fired are not people who only are going to play two games in a year. Like, those are people in that case, specifically, who are playing Arena Nets, like, big-ass MMOs and, like, that shit, who are devoting tons and tons of time to, yeah, one game. But, like, that's not, like, oh, I'm, like, a working person who likes games, so I only buy one game a year and play it for the whole year. Those are people who are, like, I have a disgusting amount of free time, apparently, to just play League all the time. Like, that's not... I feel like there's a disconnect between, like, people are trying to make this argument of, like, oh, well, like, adults or, like, teenagers who don't have either the time or the money or whatever are playing these games and they want the most bang for their buck, which I think is true to a degree. But I don't think that those are the people who are screaming at devs that their game is not big enough or that it costs too much or like, you know what I mean? Like those are people who have like a way bigger investment than someone who's just like only fucking around with Red Dead this year. Yeah. You know, I agree. 
Well, it's like, I just think of it, I mean, look at this in like literally other, like any other media format, you know what I mean? It's like, or medium, I should say. It You don't see people, like if, if a story can be told extremely well in a, in 70 minutes, you don't see people leaving the theater and being like, that was really good, but I wish it would have been two hours and, te- and then 10 minutes instead. Like, that's just like such a weird thing to me. Like, I don't understand what makes video games different to where we feel like it has to be this over bloated like grotesque creation that takes up 80 hours of your life in order to be worth anything my game of the year last year was um hellblade senua's sacrifice because that game to me told a really good story it was concise it was linear and i loved it and i just i don't know it's just so confusing to me i i don't see it from that perspective so it's it's yeah, well, and that's kind of why I feel like, again, like, it is, like, a gendered issue, because, mm-hmm. like, so I was talking to Blessing Adioye Jr., who is hopefully a friend of the show. We're gonna say he's a friend of the show. He can take that back <laughs> if he wants. But I was talking to him about it in the OK Beast Discord, and we were talking about how, like, there's a perception that in tech, the idea to push bigger and bigger and bigger is, like, inherent to the medium, And I get that because I guess to some degree, like, the idea of, like, science and, like, technology is like, oh, you're always pushing forward, you're always pushing forward, you're always pushing forward. But to a degree, like, when do you take Jurassic Park for what it is as, like, and I know that's a stupid analogy, but, like, sometimes you don't always have to do the thing just because you can. And, like, sometimes it's not worth, especially for, like, people are going to be pissed. So, Caitlin, are you trying to say... You were so focused on whether or not you could do it, you didn't stop to think if you should. God damn it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the exact quote, I'm sure, but it's, it's like, basically similar. It's in the neighborhood. It's in there. Oh, uh, but, like, especially because, like, I get that there are people who are super, super into, like, how things look on a TV or how they sound or whatever, but ultimately, like... I can put Red Dead Redemption 2, for example, since that's kind of the catalyst of our conversation. I could go out on Friday, buy that fucking game, and then delete every other game off my PS4 because it's disgustingly huge. (laughs) And then I could fucking start it and it would play on my PS4 Slim and I would be able to see it on my TV that I got when I was in high school. I just choked. When I was in high school... Like, that is a shitty old little TV. And I would be able to see it, and it would be fine. And I could play the damn game. And, like, ultimately, you can do that. But there's something about tech that seems to be so driven by this, like, weird Mad Men-esque, like, America, make it bigger, make it better, like, compete with the Johnson shit. That seems just, like, so inherently tied to, like, dudes and, like, their self-worth and the worth of other people. Because even in the article... Um, the Jason Schreier Kotaku article talking about Red Dead, it was talking about, like, all of these devs were, like, who are, like, they're mostly anonymous to protect themselves, but you gotta assume just from, like, I have a, there's, like, the uh, International Game Developers Association survey that happened in 2017, um, which surveyed, like, over 2,000 game devs. 74% of them were men or identified as male. So, like, I'm going to assume a lot of Rockstar's devs are dudes, just from that number, like, mm-hmm. pretty high. And, like, all of them were like, oh, well, I'm proud to have worked on this thing. Like, this thing is going to be revolutionary for gamers. Gamers are going to be fucking blown away by this. And it's like, 
I mean, that's fair. And as, like, a person who makes stuff, I get wanting to, like, push yourself to make something really good and really special. But there's, like, this, this, like, keeping up with the Johnsons mentality of, like, oh, well, it has to be the next biggest thing. It has to be the next biggest thing. Because if it's not the next biggest thing, it doesn't fucking matter. And it's, like, not about the quality of the thing so much as just, like, how, quote, unquote, like, like innovative new. it is. Yeah, like, yeah. new and, like, shiny. So, I, my job beforehand, I worked around, like, tech and, like, life science and, like, biospaces. Actually, mm-hmm. where I live is kind of, like, the tech hub of uh, Boston. And it's it's very like that. Um, not really game-related, more of, like, the industry itself, but, like you can see like these people are very excited and want to push this new innovative and new shiny stuff. They'd be like, Oh, well it's this thing is like compatible with this and it can do this. And just like, how many people are using that right now though? Or how many people are going to do that? It can do this, but like, does it really matter? Is it going to like help them progress? Or is it just like a little knickknack? That's just like, Ooh, yeah, I can do this. It's, it doesn't make much sense to me. It should be something more progressive and more about, like, quality instead of, like, how much it can sell and how, like, flashy it could be. And something that's unfortunate kind of going off that, too, I just feel like a big problem and something that kind of perpetuates this, or perpetrates if you're Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) I can't read! (laughs) Is, um... Honestly, and you talked a little bit about how it's like multiple male-driven fields and not necessarily just the developers, but male-driven media too. It's like, mm-hmm. it's gotten, and like this is kind of, it's interesting because I'm going to say two things that are very conflicting, but just bear with me. It's a combination of having like these very close male friendships and like this idea of like, I'm supporting this game and supporting people and blah, blah, blah. And like that, that kind of thing that's you see in, in the media, but in like this kind of like, contorted way where it means not necessarily being critical when you talk to these people and it becomes more publicity than actual journalism um and then on top of that you also have like this hyper competition in media you all you have game of which we just talked about how excited i was to do game of the year but at the same time between like game of the year you want it you want to be that big game for fall 2018 you know what i mean like that's the thing it's like okay so what's the next big game oh it's spider-man what's the next big game oh it's uh red dead redemption 2 what's the next big one oh fallout 76 like you need to be the next big game and so you don't see all the little games that kind of you know scatter along the surface not to be one of those people who's like indie games are where it's at but at the same time they're pretty cool so uh, i mean this <coughs> is the your geeky gal pal podcast so like branding um but it's it's like you have to be this behemoth and the media doesn't help that you know what i mean uh so like i said two kind of contradicting ideas uh but at the same time they work together and both of them are things that kind of tie into that idea of toxic masculinity so yeah well and i mean because i think i think it comes down to what you just described is a pissing contest right like that's Mm -hmm. what it is and that's and that's and that's like again that's a gendered fucking term like when you say pissing contest like women are not comparing how they pee do you guys want to have a peeing contest oh my god i can't even imagine that like i just go into like my work stall and someone's just like trying to pee harder than me like what is that like no 
too. It's just like it's a very mask thing of like I'm gonna compete with all my friends, and it is like what Jess is saying, where like there is that toxic idea of like dudes can't be close and have like supportive, meaningful relationships. It has to be like this, like yeah, we're bros, but I'm gonna fucking punch you harder and punchies, like <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like so to add on to that, um. Do you guys remember, like, old... What was the fucking gaming, like, service? It was, like... I think it was Gamefly. Yeah, and yeah. do you guys remember the old commercials and how fucking bro they were? And just, like, just knocking each other's shoulders or just, like, getting angry at each other because one yeah. is beating the other. Or, like, lying to a girlfriend that they're gonna be out, but really, like, playing games with their pal. Like, I feel like the whole consumer and media thing is really playing into that and it's been so long that it's still doing that and it's just not helping the industry today because now look what's happening with like the employees themselves yeah well i mean that's even like um like riot games right like there's been multiple things coming out there was um the kotaku expose on it and then like one of the x right game devs came out talking about it and like it is like this quote-unquote we appeal to the quote-unquote core gamer who's, like, fucking a bro-y-ass bro dude, and it was used to gatekeep who played their games, which I think earlier I said that Arena met, made League, which isn't true. They make, like, Guild Wars or some shit. Um, Riot makes League. Yeah, Riot makes League. And, like, I remember, I looked through the article because you sent it to us, and it's like, uh, yeah, it's such a bro environment. And just reading yeah. the first paragraph even just made me so mad. Yeah, it was it was really like when it first came out, I read the whole thing because I I started playing League when I was you know, I'm 22 now. I started playing it when I was like 17, 18. And it's it's been a very like nice chunk of my life, but just finding that out and how much like pain it's brought to people, it's it's so disappointing and just like a lot of people have been super passive about the situation from what I saw only because they're just like oh well you know this stuff sort of happens in the industry like if you're gonna get into video games like you have to prepare yourself it's just like no who the fuck says that like you can't you can't prepare yourself with these people they should already know like not to fucking be sexist or bro or say the shit to women like just be a decent human being in the industry what do you mean they have to prepare for this yeah well, exactly. And it's like the core gamer shit, like it was used to gatekeep women out of roles in the fucking company. And it's used to gatekeep women and queer people and people of color out of gaming all the fucking time because core gamers, quote unquote, are like shitty fucking cis het white dudes. Like that's the quote unquote core gamer, which is ridiculous because like obviously queer folks and women and people of color and all sorts of intersections within those identities fucking play games and find games to be meaningful but it's usually at the cost of having something tell you that you don't belong like Mm -hmm. and that sucks and is shitty and then i feel like i had another point coming through this i mean but you can even see it too in like because i feel like riot is like an example of like whoa this is some over the top broy bullshit but even fucking quantic dream this Mm. year like their culture like aside from whatever crunch probably happens there, like, David Cage got outed as being, like, gross and sexual harassy and, like, allowing, if nothing else, allowing other employees to do, like, super inappropriate fucking awful bullshit in the workplace. And it's just, like, this is how games are. Like... You really can't name a company that doesn't 
have some sort of story like this. And like this is these are just the stories we're hearing about. I mean, like think about a few years ago, Assassin's Creed with the or uh, Ubisoft with the whole like women are too hard to animate. Like it's Ugh. it's always something. It's always it's too hard. They don't fit. It's you know like we we can't do it. It doesn't fit in with our current gaming culture. It doesn't. It's not as it doesn't appeal to our core gamer. It's always some bullshit excuse. Um, but yeah, like Assassin's Creed that. Um, well, oh, even God, the other you know? day, even the other day, Ubisoft, the guys who do the division came out saying, like, we can't be political in our games because politics doesn't sell. And it's like, fucking what? You have the White House being blown up in your <laughs> yeah. game. I saw what that. I saw that about? tweet and I, like, fucking yelled. I'm just like, these fucking people don't know what they're saying. Who is their PR? Hello. But I just. Oh, Especially so because fucking Ubisoft shipped Far Cry 5 this mm-hmm. year, y'all, mm-hmm. with that fucking jank-ass marketing campaign that then came to nothing. Yeah, and Ugh. let's just remember the new Battlefield coming out, which seems pretty cool, but everyone being up in arms about a girl being on the cover and it not being realistic, and like in the trailer there was a jetpack. Like, just flying through, like, what? Like, the world war. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, the the community is so fucking weird. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's part of the problem, too, right? Is, like, all of this, all of this stuff gets kind of shipped as, oh, a dream job, right? Like, game dev is a dream job. Being a games journalist is a dream job. But who's fucking dream if you're told that you're the core gamer probably being a shitty white dude you know what i mean like and so i feel like there's been this especially because back when gaming journalism first got started it was all dudes and it was very much like kind of what jess was talking about earlier where it's that culture of like hey gamers we're making this just for you and then the people who are writing about games literally it was called enthusiast press so then those same fucking people are like oh my god this is for us let's write about it like it's for us and like that culture is still there to a degree like we were before the show like donkey gone polygon for having their fucking red dead redemption two week and it's like read the room pal but um on top of that the coverage is bad like the the polygon red dead og is the best western it's a bad fucking article, and I'm sorry, dude, who wrote it. I don't yeah, know your and name, it's... and I'm not gonna look. But you're a bad writer. <laughs> yeah, I say like it literally doesn't even have anything to do with the content at this point. It's like just really like that's really what you want representing. <laughs> it's just not a well written article. No, um, I've edited better papers in college, <laughs> like or better, I should say, articles. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's it was kind of disappointing. Polygon's like shout better out. than that. Are they? <laughs> is the question. <laughs> they, are can they? Be, they can be. They former, can be. Former employer of fucking what's his face? The sh- what was his name? The one who did Carboys. I don't know. Someone help me. I I don't know. I'm, I'm letting you down. I'm sorry. I'm blanking. Oh, it's fucking. I think it's Nick something. He used to work with Griffin. Oh, um, uh, Robinson. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. number one, fuck Nick Robinson. But yeah. number two, fuck Polygon, just on a side note, but kind of related, because again, not a culture that's good for anybody but fucking dudes. They sent Nick Robinson off with a, we wish him the best of luck in his further ventures. Like, fucking what? Uh, like, that dude was hitting up underage girls and harassing them, and the most you can say is, like, good luck on your future good ventures. Good luck, buddy. Hope it's, hope it's great, just not with us. Oh like, my fucking, God. excuse me? Yeah. 
This is like, it's just, so disgusting. Yeah, Polygon fucking sucks, dog. Like, especially now that Julia no. Alexander is gone, because I can't even go there and be like, huh, what's going on with YouTube today? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is a tangent, but related. <sighs> I don't know. Ooh. Shout out to Dialacina for doing the God, for doing God's work and just dunking on Polygon all week. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I tried to defend them, and then I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it turns out not great. Mm, yeah. But... Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like we just yelled a lot, which is what we yeah. said we were going to do. Oh, we're so, doing but- a great job at it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, we can we can go back to, to Rockstar's kind of, like, work hours and how everyone was, like, there was so many opinions on, like, Facebook groups, on Twitter, on, fa- like, everything. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it was the only thing I saw. Like, I was having private conversations about it online. Um, you know, one thing that stuck out to me from articles and, like, comments from people is just, like, people would point out, like, well, you know, they only said that it was a team of people that, like, worked, like, extensive, like, hours, and it's just, like, even then, that's really shitty, like, it could be a hundred people who are being overworked, or it could be one person, one person is way too many, and it's the company's you know, responsibility to take care of their employer and make sure that, like, everything's okay, but this whole crunch thing is just, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna destroy and, like, stall the industry at some point because people are gonna see their worth, and I'm really surprised that they aren't seeing it now only because it's, you're working for a flashy company, you don't want to say anything, you don't want to complain about anything because you want this on your resume, and, yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm, like, going off, but it was just really sad to see that people are just, like, well, it was only a few people, and it's just, like, listen, if this was you, like, you'd be in a very, like, big row, like, I used to work 70-hour weeks, and I was dead the whole time, and no one wants yeah. to work that, even if it's, again, one person, it's, it's the company's fault for, for doing that, you shouldn't make a person work that much, they need, they need sleep, they need time to themselves, yeah, well, and I think that's, like, it's evident, too, in, like, comment sections, which, like, obviously, like, rough to go through, but there have been multiple instances I've seen in, like, replies on Twitter and, like, comments on, like, Jason's article for Kotaku, where people are like, well, I do this in, like, a completely unrelated industry, so, like, it's not that big of a deal, or it's worse, and it's like, okay, well, that fucking sucks I, for you, too, no. my dude. And, like, what's so, like... I want to say funny, but that's not even the right word because it's something that's fucking infuriating. Um, Is like I've had employers like this that have this sort of mentality where it's like, like I I remember I I try not to just in general complain too much at work, you know, because like everybody's tired. But like I there's been times when, you know, I'll be like, oh, I'm just really tired. Like I'm working 40 hours a week and then I have school that I'm going to full time. So that's a lot of my time. And then I do a podcast and, blah, you know, and like just and like I'm just tr- and I'm trying to get to the fucking gym and like and all of this stuff. And um, on top of that, you know, like I've always had issues with like mental health and stuff too. And sometimes like even just that is like an uphill battle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like having all these obligations and having to do all this stuff and like feeling like exhausted and shitty. Um, and I've had managers in the past to where like their response to that is like, oh, well I've done it. You can get through it. You oh know? And like, that's kind of. Yeah, no, like, I've had yeah. that, and it's it's something where it's like, what do you even say to that? Or, and I think when it really got frustrating is when 
I was promoted and kind of on a level similar to them. And I would listen to them say it to other people, you mm-hmm. know, and like, and that was just like, I don't know, I guess when it's you, it's, it's like, okay, I can grin and bear this. But then like seeing somebody treat somebody else like that. And I remember going up to people afterwards and be like, Hey, I'm so sorry. Let me know if there's anything that I can do to help you out. Like, you know, and, and trying to kind of be that something there, like some sort of like refuge in, in that, you know, shittiness. But that's become such a ingrained thing in work culture too. And I think that it kind of stems from, from masculinity and that whole, like, you have to be tough. You have to get through it. You want to work. Okay. Then work, you know, like be stronger. Um, it's, it's also like, I mean, this same place it's like, we get breaks, you know? Um, and you're Mm -hmm. supposed to get 15 minute breaks and, uh, some, some of the managers that one in particular doesn't take their break. And uh, if you do, it's always kind of, oh, do you really need that? It's like, mm, yeah, I do. I'm, I'm also getting paid for this because I'm supposed to legally have two breaks. So I'm going to take that break. I'm going to drink some water and not be out here for a few minutes. Um, but it's it's seen as like a, a point of weakness. And that's yeah. something. And, and like, that's just, this goes beyond even just game labor. This is all labor. And that doesn't mean that it's okay to see this happen in game, la- game labor and be like, uh, yeah, that's okay because that's how mine is too. That's just a universally fucked up thing that we've reached that point where that's how we see it. It's fucked up that in America, you can't take a week of vacation off or even go to a wedding on a weekend without feeling super guilty about the repercussions that you're leaving, you know, the people with like behind. Like I've had that happen so many times. Like I've been guilt tripped and made to feel like, like shit for having to do things that are really important. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just all around, uh, labor is is pretty fucked up right now yeah well and there's definitely like even again like in those replies and stuff like that like a lot of people like people really really latched onto that 100 hours quote and then like as soon as people started saying oh well it wasn't that bad like it wasn't 100 hours people were like see it's fine and it's like no bitch 100 it's not hours fine. it's that not is fine 14 to- hours a day just so people know <laughs> but also like bruh just because people aren't working a hundred hours a day, that doesn't fucking make it better. Like no. if you're working 60 hours a week, if you're working, I think I said a day before, if you're working, cause it's not a hundred hours in a day. I'm bad at math. I'm not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're working 60 hours a week, that's too many fucking hours a week. And mm-hmm. like, if you're doing that for months and months and months, like that's still fucking bad. Like it shouldn't have to be a hundred hours for you to give a shit. And there's, like, a lack of empathy there that I think is part of our culture overall, but it's super, super ingrained in gaming culture, where Mm -hmm. it's, like, and it's everything. It's, like, the abuse that people hurl at Des, the abuse that people hurl at each other, the way that people treat workers. Like, it's just all so bad and so consumeristic with no empathy or thought for, like, the fact that these are people. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like you can't, like, separate that from the fact that, like, it's a bunch of dudes being like, look, we fucking killed these people to make these horse balls reactive. Isn't that fucking sick? And yeah. then dudes reacting to it being like, yeah, that's fucking sick. Kill more people so we can have cool shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, no, it's like, did you um, did you read the GQ article that came out earlier today at all? No, I saw I saw Dia Lucina dunk on it and I was like, well, 
Yeah, it, that was also another fucking nightmare. What happened? Um, but no, one of the quotes in the GQ article was, uh, oh, I think it was Hauser again, because what, it's Sam and Dan Hauser, like the brothers yep. who made Rockstar. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was uh, Dan, I believe, um, was the one who was talking. Maybe he's more of the, the face of this, because I feel like he's the one who's continuously doing these. Um, was talking about how... Uh, game dev and and like studios like when when people get their games it's like a like a santa's workshop and all the workers are oh, yeah like and... like el- yeah, yeah the quote the, yeah. quote is, the quote is pretty much like game dev is so magical you know like you get to just surprise people and like it's like it's like the games are made by elves and i think mm-hmm. if you tell people how the process actually works it takes some of the magic away and it's like yeah bitch it also takes some money out of your paycheck i bet like shut I'd the fuck up i'd love to believe that uh the forever 21 tops that i buy are uh woven by very very happy 24 year olds who are making a livable wage and you know it, but uh th- there's a reality and the reality is pretty messed up so let me look um, up that quote i'm gonna read that damn quote because it's fucking bananas i have the article up now give me one second and i can i can read it to you because i typed in else okay uh sam and i talk about this a lot he replied and it's that games are still magical it's like they're made by elves you turn on the screen and it's just this world that exists on tv i think you gain something by not knowing how they're made as much as we might lose something in terms of people's respect for what we do, their enjoyment of what we do is enhanced, which is probably more important. That's such... How, that's isn't bullshit. Isn't that insane? That's that such an insane quote. How do you say those words and not immediately go, oh no, that was a bad thing to say? <laughs> also, like, like, it's okay if people don't respect us as long as they enjoy what we make. Fuck off bitch if i make oh. something i also want to be respected as a goddamn person yeah at any cost right like Ugh. that's just so messed up yeah that's uh mm. that's super interesting it's it kind of reminds me of um kind of how leftover it can make people if you if you compare them to kind of these fantasy creatures like elves it doesn't kind of it kind of dehumanizes everything a little bit and just kind of treats them as leftovers. And that's something you get, not just in the game industry, but just like really every job that you get that has to do with like guilt tripping and hard work and all that stuff. And it's, it's not a good feeling. What, what is magical about that? Yeah. Well, and he specifically keeps doing it too. Dan Hauser specifically, because when he gave the hundred hours quote and he said, like it's not mandatory everybody's allowed to choose like nobody works that many hours like a bunch of people especially the qa testers in lincoln somewhere in the uk i believe england but i'm bad at geography um they were talking about the fact that like a bunch of them came to Jason after that to talk about it because they were like, that's bullshit. And he erased them in that moment by saying, no, people aren't forced to work that hard. And all these QA testers and other folks on the team were like, um, fucking what? And then he did it again with this. And it's like, why do they keep letting this man talk to the press? Because he is just digging them fucking deeper and deeper into some shit. But like, I mean, let him keep talking. Hopefully, eventually, by the time he's done talking, they'll have fixed their shit. But, you know, know. it's like, in relating people to elves, just 
continuing Monty's dehumanization because like yes spot on that is absolutely what it is saying that they're elves and it's Santa's workshop is basically a nicer way of saying that it's a machine and they're the cogs you know what I mean like that's what you're saying you're saying they don't count they're not real that this is what they are and they serve this purpose and they are a vending machine that will pop out the game that you want you know um and I, Jason Schreier said it today in a response to that article. And then there was somebody, there was a woman who um, said it like a week or two ago. And what's funny is I actually retweeted her because I thought it was an amazing quote. Um, and it was, it was about like the vending machine. Uh, like, you, you know, like game devs aren't just a vending machine that you put in a quarter and your game pops out. Um, but, and Jason Schreier said, like, when we look at them like elves and we call them that, we are insinuating that they are so easily replaced. You know, and it's like, that's not what it is. This is, you guys want to talk about how fucking games are art. You want to keep throwing that discussion out there. Then treat the people who make them like artists, like respect their mind, respect their work, respect their, like, you you can't have it both ways. Like at a certain point, you need to realize, like, if you want to treat this like, like big grown up art and respectful and beautiful, then you need to actually treat the people who make it that way too. You know what I mean? Go off. Yes, queen. But Jessica, if you're not Ken Levine or Hideo Kojima, are you an artist in video games? I don't know. Let's let's just like f- like fucking edit babies into some of the characters' throats, and then it's art. Stop. Well, and speaking oh of God. that, <laughs> but I mean, speaking of that, like too, that quote kind of infantilizes gamers, right? Like, ooh, it's like Santa yeah. and the elves, and it's like. And two, he talks about, like, oh, well, it makes them, like, not have as much respect for our work. And it's like, yeah, because these fucking man babies who you enable to be fucking man babies, like, will come for you if you don't continue to coddle them in this way. And also, like, you're like, oh, like, don't worry about the people. Like, just enjoy your fun toy. And then the second, like, anyone steps out of line for that fun toy, these fucking people have tantrums and do anything up into including fucking doxing people and shit and then like but they're continued to be catered to and fucking coddled like this yeah like so it's it's really funny i think this whole like conversation of like the work hours and it being like well this is the real world like you're just gonna have to get used to like working more hours like a week and then the whole like ruining their fantasy of this game and not talking about it and so instead we're gonna just like dehumanize and like make up this fantasy and it's just like the real world is that these devs and these these workers are are being abused and because we're ruining that fantasy of their game like they're they're Again, like you said, they're throwing tantrums, but they have the nerve to say, like, well, deal with the real world and work your, like, 60 to 100 hour weeks, which is bullshit. It's mm. it's pretty crazy. There's just, it's a, there's a huge disconnect here in, in multiple ways, uh, just a massive disconnect. Um, yeah, I had something else to say, but I can't remember what it was right now. It's okay. I flew away. It'll come back. <laughs> Mm. Uh, but yeah oh oh my god i'm so angry (laughs) (laughs) right oh it just it just like welcome to the anger show (laughs) um oh man but i mean i think it's valid and i think if you're not angry like you probably need to kind of examine that Mm -hmm. because like you should probably be angry yeah or at least perturbed like to to use the cliche phrase that is sometimes made fun of but at the same time true in so many ways if you're not angry you're not paying attention yeah 
Oh, also, I remember what I was going to say. Um, I just feel like in the thing that makes it different from other jobs, because we, we talked a little bit about that, like in the comment section. Well, at my job, that's not at all related to this. I work this much and I don't complain or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, one of the things that's so different and makes me feel exceptionally horrible for for people who work on games um, is essentially working on a game or working on any like like movies or media. You are a glorified kind of freelancer. You know what I mean? It's like, so you, you get hired on to do this for so long and then you have to go based off of your reputation and working with that company to land mm -hmm. other things. So it's like, whereas if you work at Walmart and you have an issue with a manager, like it, I'm, I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, like if there's this, there's certain things, I mean, it's never easy to go to people, but you have more of an opportunity to go to a higher up and be like, Hey, this is what's going on. And they'll generally, if they're good company will be like okay um you know we'll take care of it there'll be a the confrontation or they'll be fired like something will happen you know what i mean and it's a little bit better about like going through the process of that happening if you have a problem with people who you're working on with a game like and, and it's like a higher up it reaches a certain point where like it's it's more intimate and you and you hit that tier and there's really nothing they can do and all that ultimately does is puts you in a place where later on down the road it's harder for you to get a job because you had a bad experience with this company and that's the people who they're going to talk to when they're you know checking oh like how how were they on this project what did they do like what does their work seem like um yeah, I don't know. It puts you in a really shitty position. And uh, that's why it's not easy to confront these things. Not that it, like I said, not that it ever is, but it's exceptionally bad yeah. for them. And I, well, I feel and bad. I mean, I mean, like, Walmart is an exception to this because they're actually notoriously deeply anti union. And, and they were like I the worked. first ones that I think I thought of. I don't know why. I was like, big company. Well, but yeah, they're really yeah. shitty too. Yeah, no, I worked there for a summer and like Me the first too. day. They God, all the anti-union shit they make you watch. It's oh, a yeah. lot. But anyway, but like to a lot of like the thing with like because I've seen a lot. I saw someone today on Twitter who was like, "This is how it is in Hollywood too," and no one gives a shit about that. And it's like again, number one, they should mm -hmm. probably. Number two, there's unions in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Like that's a huge fucking thing. Like even if things are bad in Hollywood, which like I don't know, I don't know shit about shit when it comes to Hollywood or filmmaking <laughs> or any of that. But there are unions for actors and for voice actors and for, like, production people. Like, there are there are unions. So even if, like, in the situation where, like, Jess was talking about, where, like, if something's going bad, like, even if you're afraid that a boss is going to retaliate against you, if you're in a union, you at least have the protection of the union if something goes south. Whereas, mm. like, for video game devs, there's nothing protecting them, especially because a ton of them are contractors and freelancers. Like, mm. that Jason Schreier article was talking about how, like, tons of the QA people who work for Rockstar would, like, put in disgusting numbers of hours because they were on contracts and they were afraid that if they didn't do it, their contracts wouldn't get extended or that mm. they wouldn't get permanent positions. And it's like, that's fucking bullshit. Like, if you're a good QA tester... You should have your contract extended or you should have like a job and you should have a protection even if you are just a freelancer or whatever. Like you should have someone who has your back to say like, nah, while you're here, you're going to get benefits. And if you get let go, you're going to have severance and shit like that. Like, mm -hmm. and it's the same. God, it's the same thing with fucking Telltale. Yeah. As soon as you said severance, just Telltale popped in my mind. And they're like a whole new like bubble of anger. Like, I'm, uh, mm, yeah. 
it's not safe. It's like at a certain point, like, and this goes back to the whole thing. You guys want to talk about like art and how video games are art and how important this is. Um, like you're, you're going to reach a point where like nobody's going to be willing to do that for a living. You know what I mean? Like being a starving artist isn't fun. <laughs> uh, and I don't know. It's, it's like, there's, it's just, just going to reach a point. Why would people continuously keep doing this? It's you're, you're crushing their imagination, their spirits, their bodies. Like, mm. yeah, you can't be doing this shit. <laughs> and <laughs> like, that's it's, it's basically what this whole conversation like is. It's just like this is it's bullshit that this has been going on for so long, and people are very scared to come up about it. And I'm happy that the conversation is ongoing now, especially after like telltale and like this whole red dead thing and rockstar because usually when there's problems that arise from like these companies it gets shut down within a couple weeks a couple days you know people forget about it because people like i said before don't want to have their fantasy ruined by their video games you know like people want to pick up their copy of red dead without feeling bad about it so people just stop the conversation but i'm happy that this is ongoing and people are not letting this go because people are being abused and people are being hurt and it's just it's bullshit you know i've you know like jessica said like i can i can definitely relate to companies you know taking advantage and guilting and it it hurts it feels like shit you know and it hurts the workflow and if they keep continuing this and just treating people like leftovers their games their games at some point will take a hit but i feel like some big companies are just too afraid to change things because they want their money unfortunately and it's it's sad yeah no this whole thing's like just bullshit something that's disappointing and um i don't know maybe i just haven't personally seen anybody doing this is it's like with all of this surfacing like i know that i personally couldn't in good consciousness um or conscience i can't even conscience conscience that's what i was trying to say not consciousness good conscience um i could not purchase that game um and i don't really see any journalists coming forward and you know it's like fucking polygon has red dead redemption week like I just feel like so like I I want somebody to take a stand and be like, hey, I'm not buying this game. Like I'm not gonna review yeah. this game. I'm not gonna do this. Um, well, so I kind of want to transition the conversation based off of that. Sorry, Jess, mm. I feel like I cut you off. A no, little bit. no, no. Go ahead. But so Jason Schreier at the end of that article talks about kind of asks like, so what the fuck should we be doing? And today Patrick Klepek released an article after doing a tweet talking about like, hey, devs like what the fuck should we be doing about this? And to um, Scott Benson, like the night in the woods, one of the night in the woods devs, mm-hmm. like put out a big, huge tweet, basically saying like, yo, if you want to do something about like Rockstar, like a boycott of um, Red Dead, isn't really going to do anything. And I feel like a lot of people have been kind of having this conversation of like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do? Yeah. And it's like, yo, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. Like, sorry. Hmm. That's not, mm. like, you can't do that. But also, like, not enough people are not gonna, like, are gonna abstain from buying the game to hurt Rockstar. At most, mm. you're gonna fuck up people's bonuses. Which, yeah. like, if they've already died, basically, to do that, like, you're just fucking them more. 
But, like, what Monty was saying, like, I think it pivots into the conversation of, like, media needs to keep pushing this. And I think, like, like, if you're asking, like, what can you do? I think, like, in a way that's not trolly and shitty, like, tell outlets you want them to include that as part of reviews. Like, Heather Alexandra did it a little bit with the um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey review. Like, she touched on, like yo, this game is fun and I'm, like, having a good time with it, but also I cannot imagine the amount of labor that went into making this a year after, what is it, Origins? Yeah. So, like... Yeah, that game came out really quick. I'm really surprised. Yeah, Yeah, and she was like, we haven't heard anything, but I can't imagine that this wasn't made under some shit conditions, so, like, makes me feel a little gross. And, like, I feel like, too, like, Khalif from Spawn on Me was talking about it on Twitter and he was like, what he was like genuinely asking like what do you all think the value of that would be in a review and i responded to him like yo i want to know if we're talking about video games as consumer product i want to know how it was made the same way i want to know that like people weren't enslaved to make my fucking coffee i want to know that like people weren't crunched to death to make my game and i feel like that's a very valid thing I guess my question for you then is, so let's say we do get to a point where we incorporate that in articles and, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're seeing that in there. So, like, then what do you do once you know? I mean, you know? I think that's, like, that's your educated choice. You know what I mean? And the same, because, like, it's a consumer review. And so, like, I feel what like. What would you do, I guess, is what I'm saying. Oh, More I mean, just, like, I probably wouldn't buy it. But I'm also, like, I wasn't ever going to buy Red Dead. So, but if it was a game, like, I don't know. If, like, they were, like, yo, Soul Calibur just fucking, they they killed people to do this and it was the worst thing ever. Which, like, did they do that? Probably. I don't know. But, again, I don't fucking know. But if someone mm-hmm. was, like, lay out, like, like, on a scale of a review, like, 1 to 10 or, like, an A through F scale, like, this was how the labor was on this game and Soul Calibur got, like, below a B. Yeah. I probably wouldn't buy it. I can't say that for sure because I'm not in that situation right now, but you know what I mean? And, like, I think that it's less, though, about, like, what I or anyone else would do and more about, like, the more spotlight you shine on it, the more change that happens. Like, even with Rockstar, since all of this started, they became much more lenient on their social media policy, which it used to be, like, yo, no one from Rockstar talks to the press. And now it's, like, some people from Rockstar, not all of them, were allowed to talk to the press Mm -hmm. and then two they made it so apparently according to them it was clarifying the policy but for the lincoln studio where all the qa testers are we're talking from they said like yo we're making it explicitly clear like overtime is something you sign up for not something that's expected of you and so Mm -hmm. like obviously there's still stuff to improve but like all of this conversation has moved the needle to a degree and so i feel like like, it seems like a doom and gloom conversation, but I think that's how you make the changes instead of being, like, I'm going to directly, like, boycott this. Because I think there's a time and a place for boycotts, but I don't think this is it. Like, instead, I think it's, like, putting pressure on, like, I feel like it's, like, adding Polygon and being, like, Polygon, this fucking Red Dead Week was dumb as shit. Like, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> I guess what I more mean is, like, and I get what you're saying. It's just, it's yeah. hard because, like... So not buying the game isn't necessarily a great option, but if you have the score, you're not going to buy the game. I don't know. And like, and that's, I guess, yeah. more what I meant. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, again, like, I think, I, I think the consumption part of it is 
I think the consumption part's kind of fucked because I think you're fucked mm-hmm. no matter what you do mm-hmm. in that regard, right? Like, like I'm even if I was interested in Red Dead, I think at this point I wouldn't be and I wouldn't buy the game. And mm-hmm. I think that's okay. And I think it's okay if you do buy the game and you do play it and like it's fun and hell or whatever. But I think it's um, like, I feel like we have this other weird thing in video game culture where it's like a lot of people are like, oh, well, if you enjoy this thing that's shitty, then you're complicit in it, which like to a degree, sure, but like everything's kind of shitty. And so I think it's better to be like critical of it and to point out like, hey, I really liked this trash thing, but here's a bad thing about it. Like, I fucking love Dragon Age origins it's my favorite game that is a bad video game for a lot of reasons socially and it's messaging and like there's a lot of bad shit about that game and i can admit that and like hope that those devs are gonna do better because like you know like i'm vocal about it or because like i'm supporting people who are being vocal about it in a like bigger platform and so like i guess it's just it gets hard because it seems like at a certain point um not at the level of the people who are actually like working working on the game but mm-hmm. for higher ups like one of the only languages that they seem to speak as like lame and breaking bad mad men as it sounds is like money <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. so it's like the numbers are really i feel like where a lot of those people start to actually care and you see that reflected in the fact that they don't give a shit that they have people working 100 hour weeks or they try to backtrack and justify it and work oh well actually it was only 97 and it was only like 20 people um but it's it's hard because ultimately you do to a certain extent vote with your wallet you know what i mean or like uh, choose what you're going to support with your money and that's what they care they care about that's what they're monitoring so i don't know it's just it's a hard situation ultimately i mean i guess the thing for me right is like at least with rockstar it seems like they're kind of just like weirdly ignorant about stuff Mm -hmm. to a degree and it seemed like as soon as people were like shining a light on it not in like a positive way like i don't think they were like oh we're being bad we should be less bad but i think it was more like oh we're Rockstar and we haven't had to change in fucking years, but now people are like really coming for us, so we kind of have to. Well, it's like, like yeah, I feel like I don't know, but what's weird is it's like so Rockstar has never been like come at, I guess, from a standpoint of like what's going on in the studio, but it's like Rockstar is the company that made Manhunt in like 2003 yeah. and then went on to make games that repeatedly people were like, What the fuck? Our children are playing Grand Theft Auto. Like, they're no stranger yeah. to having people come at them in some regard. So it's like, yeah. Why do they have it's, it's just weird? I mean, like, the- I think the catalyst for this though is the fact that like Rockstar has been pretty notorious for not talking to the media. At mm-hmm. all, like they never talk to the media, they never grant interviews, which is why the <laughs> with Vulture Dan Hauser article- being the uh, voice for them, they probably were better yeah. off doing that. <laughs> I mean, probably, right? But like that's why a lot of people have been like super, like a lot of people have kind of speculated that like the Vulture article, like the dude who was writing it, was specifically picked because they knew that he would like softball them, mm-hmm. and like which like huh, they were right. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like because they're finally kind of poking their head out into 2018, like, they're kind of getting a reckoning a little bit for it. And so, like, Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's, like, it's important to push, like, quote-unquote games journalists to be fucking journalists. Like, Mm -hmm. and to push them. Like, the Jason Schreier thing is good. Like, the Kotaku look at Riot Games was fucking good. Like, Mm -hmm. people need to keep pushing them. And so then I think kind of going back to, like, what you, the consumer, can do, like... 
I don't know. Buy the game. Don't buy the game. I think just like be critical of it. And when you're playing mm-hmm. the game, be like, yo, these horse balls are cool, but also like maybe don't kill people next time. I don't know. And like, two, you could support like support Game Workers United. I know Emma from Game Workers United just started a Patreon mm-hmm. to support herself so she can do that work full time. Throw that, throw some money at her. Be like, hey, mm-hmm. I bought Red Dead, but I also like bought this woman some fucking stability in her life. I don't know. Yeah, like, mm. so for me personally, like, as as much as I loved uh, Red Dead 1 and how much of an emotional impact it had on me, I, I, I can't buy the second one without feeling dirty. And, you know, this this kind of comes into ties with like, how much I love certain music and how much I really like love being in like, you know, the emo community of music. It's like, I relate it to, you know, art reflects the artist. You can't separate art mm-hmm. from the artist. And if, if I can do that, I will. And they're just so like, you know, like you said, with supporting her on Patreon, there's so many more games that the games are being put out every day and your friends are playing other games and you can just you can find something else you know red dead is is it's only popular because it's made from a triple a company if it was made by a small company who knows it might have been like passed over their heads who knows but you you don't need the game but that's coming from me and I don't know. It's just it's it's bullshit. There's there's always a lot more stuff to find, and you know you can't you, you can't separate art from the artist. And Rockstar's not gonna learn until you know there's a push on like mm, maybe we should do something. But now yeah. with the whole like you know Kotaku being super super brave about like that article, they they came out and talked, and that's something that's like impossible to even believe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like when folks like Scott Benson are, like, being like, yo, consumer boycott is not the way to go on this one, like, I'm gonna probably believe socialist gaming icon Scott Benson on that one. (laughs) But also, like, I feel like there's just, like, it's not a defeatist thing, and also, like, they were talking about the same subject on today's Waypoint Radio, and, like, yeah, people are shitty and hypocritical, and it's hard Like, I used to be a vegetarian for, like, two years, and I was like, wow, fuck this. I still think I should be a vegetarian, but, like, I'm not because I'm lazy currently. Like, and, like, it's okay to be that, but, like, be critical of that because I can be on this podcast right now and say, like, yeah, I'm shitty for not doing that. And it's, like, I'm not upholding my beliefs in that area. Like, shit happens, but you can be critical of it still. And you can, like, I don't know, you can put resources towards things that will still help. Because, like, I think you should support Emma on Patreon and help her with Game Workers United. I think you should, like, retweet Game Game Workers United shit and, like, help wherever you can. I think that you Mm -hmm. should at Polygon and be like, at Polygon, this fucking Red Dead week was bullshit. Hire Mm -hmm. better writers and fucking read the room. Like that's something, like, I just, and to... Because I know we're probably getting close to wrapping up and to leave on a note of a little bit more positivity, I guess. That's something that I feel like everybody can and should do in so many aspects of their life. I even brought up the thing like earlier with like Forever 21 because I know that their labor and all of like the fast fashion places Mm -hmm. like like the labor sucks. And it's like something that like do I still have like a skirt that I bought from Forever 21 a couple months ago? Yes. And like it's it's hard because yeah and. It's I it's something that I look into. You can read different books on like 
you know, choices that you can make to make things more sustainable um, and, and to buy more sustainable things. But at the same time, like I'm also a broke college kid and I can't afford to buy the $150 jeans that uh, will last forever and are super sustainable and were made from good fabrics by a company that actually yeah, like it's just like you're going to do things that are shitty, like not being a vegetarian, like. Yes, it makes sense to be vegan. Like, it really does from an environmental standpoint, from, like, a a moral standpoint. Like, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, But that shit is hard. Yeah, it's hard. Like, not everybody's going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to buy the jeans. You're not going to be able to not eat fucking cheese. Like, like, there's just... There's things, but we have to choose to be, to at least be the best that we can be in those areas and look into how we can improve what we do or how we can support people who are like making the, or taking initiative and making things like making those $150 pants, maybe 60 so that people who need those and want those can afford them. You know, like there's lots of things going on. Um, And it ties back into games too. Like support people who are doing the right things. Um, Look into what the right things are. Be educated. Like, I don't know that just, just to tie it into everything though. Like think about the things that you do and think about how the things that you do impact others and the environment. And um, yeah, that's my soapbox. I'll put it away now, but (laughs) no, this whole podcast has been a soapbox, but also too, y'all like we've seen multiple instances this year of like really shitty gamer outrage, like being wielded against developers and like getting folks Mm -hmm. fired and shit, but you can do that positively too. Like, you can at Rockstar and be like, yo, Rockstar, stop fucking crunching. And if, like, enough people do that, they're probably at least going to be annoyed and be like, hey, man, maybe we'll at least publicly, like, put in some policies to implement less crunch. You know, yeah. like, being annoying and also shame are super effective. So, like, I don't know, be super annoying and fucking shame them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta hurt that ego a bit. Gotta poke them. Yeah, because, like, you're probably not, like, Rockstar is a behemoth. You're probably not going to hurt their wallet. But, like, they got a lot of pride. And if you can burst that pride bubble even just a little bit. Because, again, Rockstar's games ain't got good politics either, friends. So, Dan Houser probably not that great of a writer. (laughs) We'll say it. So, like, I don't know. Just hit them in other places where it hurts. And just be critical of your shit. And maybe next time you buy a game, buy one off of Itch. Yeah, I agree. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't support yeah. Steam. It's a bad platform. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think we might have done a podcast, friends. Oh my god, did we do a podcast? <gasps> this is so exciting. I don't know how to sign <laughs> off the show though. Um, oh, we should do social media. Maybe that seems good. Yeah. Um. So, Jessica, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me at, or on Twitter, I should say, at J-E-S-S-A-C-O-G-S-W-E-L-L, Jessica Cogswell. Um, That is where I am found there. I also, to plug one of my other projects, because I do it with the lovely Caitlin, uh, I am the dungeon master, or mistress, or game master, whatever you want to say, for Slay, a lady-led tabletop podcast. And that is a lot of fun. That's, like I said, that's my other thing that I do with Caitlin. And you can find us at Lady Slaycast on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, anywhere. Uh, Yeah, that about does me. Sam, where are you at on the internet? You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at 3DSBoy. The three is spelled out. 
and oh my god is that what that is yeah is that what your handle oh my is? god yeah no people see threads boy and i'm just like yeah it's okay that's what i, I thought is threads boy for my entire I time knowing you and i didn't always, know what it meant i always thought it was 3ds boy so i don't know because like didn't you tweet about it the other day and i was like how do people but y'all i'm illiterate that's no no it's okay I, i'm canonically illiterate i let people live don't worry it used to be somebody else read all those articles too <laughs> but also i realized as soon as you said sam that i called sam monty like probably multiple times during this just out of habit and i'm sorry i will get into the habit no you, it's okay you call me whatever you want it's okay um but yeah, you guys can find me over at 3DS Boy. This is my first game-related thing, so I'm very excited to be doing this with Jess and Caitlin because I feel like I yell at them a lot about a lot of uh, politically-related stuff, so I'm very happy about this. Did you plug your Twitch channel? I don't. Oh yeah, I stream games. Plug that Twitch. Yeah, I forget that I do that. Uh, yeah, you can watch me yell at myself at Twitch t- uh, Twitch TV slash 3ds boy also. Hell yeah! <laughs> and you should watch her on Twitch because she's so nice and so adorable and so sweet and. I just I love the games that she plays, and whenever people say nice things to her, she blushes, and it's really cute. I'm gonna cry. So, yeah, I'm that's... gonna go. Oh my god. Monty is the cutest streamer. Ten out of she 10 really is. <laughs> Thank Sam. you. Damn it. No, it's. See, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I'll keep a tally oh. next stream. <laughs> um, and I'm Caitlin. You can find me on Twitter at CG and 8Rs because my branding is a wreck. Um, you can find this podcast on yourgeekygalpal.com along with other various and sundry things that come out at various and sundry times because I don't do well with consistency. And um, yeah, it'll probably be on iTunes and shit soon. Should, so should we let them know for that. how... How uh, I can't fucking think of the word because I'm having a brain fart. Um, should we let them know we're doing this once a month? Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> is this once a month or is this by like I don't? Is this once a month? This is once a month, right? <laughs> Ooh. I don't think we ever actually decided. We'll find. We yeah. were like, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll we'll let you know how often this show comes out. We don't know. <laughs> Maybe it'll just be, like, whenever we're inspired and you guys will just have to keep up with us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing else on this fucking website is consistent, so maybe it'll just be, this show will come out when it comes out. I don't know. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. The art for the show was done by Sorbet, who you can find at Sorbet Draws on Twitter. I did the music, so no need to look for a musician there. Please go on iTunes and rate, review, subscribe, all of that good stuff. It really helps, especially because we're brand new. Do share it with your friends if you liked it. And uh, if you have any feedback for us on ways we can improve the show or things that you think might be interesting to talk about, uh, you can go ahead and let me know either on Twitter at your geeky gal pal or you can email your geeky gal pal at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from y'all if you have suggestions or thoughts for topics or whatever. We're really excited about the show and we hope you are too. Okay, bye!